0: Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Fantastic to have you listening and enjoying this podcast. Tech has been such an important part of the industry for such a long time, but especially important in these times as we talk about COVID and we talk about hospitality owners really understanding their brands uh, a lot more. So it's fantastic to get Levi Aron who's the Chief Revenue Officer for a brand called Seven Rooms. Now, Seven Rooms... Helps the world's largest hospitality brands deliver memorable top tier experiences. So I'll let Levi go into that in a minute, but fantastic to have you on, Levi. Thanks so much. Thanks, Sean. Really excited to be here today. Now, um, as I just said, the tech space has played uh, a so much more important role the last six months since COVID started. Uh, and I know you've obviously been, been in different tech brands for for the period of time, most notably now with a, an amazing brand in seven rooms. But how did you actually start out, Levi? Because I think you've got such a great um, precedent to being such a great brand that you are now.
1: Yeah, sure. So I've been playing in the hospitality tech, uh, tech space for um, just over 10 years now. Um, initially started at a company called Catch of the Day, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, who had a brand there called Eat Now, um, as well as ScoopOn, which dealt with restaurants at the time. Um, back then and so my role in that company was really to spend a lot of time with the guys that eat now but also launch a company called yum table which is all mm-hmm. about restaurant dining reservations in restaurants around the country really about yield management and helping restaurants maximize the capacities that they had um, mm-hmm. so that was great working at catch and and as you know and watching the news lately catch has been growing you know pretty strong across all different levels mm-hmm. um, and that was an exciting part of my career, just getting into the, the tech space for hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, and moving along that, building Yum Table up to what it was and then rolling that into a scoop on, I heard about a company and was approached by a company called Deliveroo, which was a very, um, not very well-known company back in early 2015. And had conversations with them um, around their value prop um, for restaurants and spent some time over in London where the headquarters is based. And took on the role as CEO and country manager of Australia for Deliveroo. So uh, launched Deliveroo in Australia in 2015. And that was early days for what we know as online food delivery today. Mm -hmm. And grew that company over the last four, four and a half years um, all across Australia. um, Spent a lot of time in the UK and the other countries that we operate in. um, And really uh, was excited by what I saw on the ground in Australia. Just the technology side, the way that people in Australia operate, um, in technology, we're a foodie nation. You know, I'm born and bred in Melbourne. Um, mm-hmm. so I know a lot about the restaurant scene there, and and really drove um, delivery over the last four and a half years into the growth um, across restaurants. So across about 14,000 restaurants, 7,000 riders, and really grew that business and the people there um, to what it is
0: today. And uh, it's a it's a yeah, super proud about that. Yeah. If we could just talk about delivery for a minute, because I, I remember when, you know, that sort of came into it into Australia and I remember maybe supper time or, or something being one of the first ones and then that turning into Fedora and and then delivery coming in with with Uber Eats. Like how hard was it to to make venue owners understand what the benefits were gonna be in delivery in that sort of early stage?
1: Yeah, I think in that early stage, food delivery was quite um, known to be you know for the, the pizza um, or your local um, restaurant around the corner but nobody really thought of delivery as getting like these awesome hero brands these great burger brands um, Nobu other really exciting brands onto a platform mm-hmm. it really sort of blew people's minds in terms of what food could be delivered to your house or to your office mm-hmm. um, and so there was quite a lot of a, a mind shift over there not just for consumers but more importantly for the restaurant owners I remember the early days, of going out to restaurants and walking into, you know, pretty pretty decent restaurants and having conversations around delivery, and always being pushed out of the door, saying, "Guy, mate, you got the wrong, you got the wrong location. Um, <laughs> you can do delivery. You can go down to the, the, you know, the shop down the corner or the pizza shop around or kebabs, but we don't do mm-hmm. delivery fine dining." Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, with any anything that's new, it takes a, a bit of while to get that change across. But once we're able to really show what we're driving and bring something new to the table. Um, that was super exciting and brand off the brand started jumping on board until it became a little bit of FOMO. People wanted to be able to tap into that audience, um, who was ordering home delivery.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's at, a, it's at a very interesting stage here in Australia at the moment. So it's, um, it's, it's going to be very fascinating to see how it plays out. Um, so let's talk about seven rooms because that's obviously the brand you're with now. You've moved over to, to America, um, Explain what Seven Rooms is for the people, you know, who who don't really know because it is such an incredible brand.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So Seven Rooms is a CRM driven platform It includes a whole range of different features that restaurants can use, including reservation, waitlist, table management, online ordering, contactless, order and pay, reputation management, um, and some of the things that we'll talk about today around marketing automation and how we can bring that all together. Um, so, Seven Rooms has been around for about 10 years. Um, it's a New York-based business, um, and uh, over the last, in 2019, over the last probably 12 months um, prior to me joining, I had noticed Seven Rooms pop up um, in a few restaurants in Australia as well as while I travelled to London um, and the US. And then the brand started to get a bit of traction, in, at least on my news feed as I was reading things. And somehow I connected with the, um, the CEO, Joel, and had conversations over 2019 just around the industry, what I was seeing in Australia, how I thought about hospitality, restaurants, not just delivery, but in general, and got to understand what Seven Rooms was standing for, how they focused on the guest experience to really understand the customer journey of their end customer. Mm -hmm. And Seven Rooms isn't a customer facing brand, um, it's a brand that works really closely with the operators, empowering the operators with data and helping them you know leverage increased frequency, increased retention, um, upsells where they where, where where it's possible, but really giving the the customer the best guest experience and throughout our conversations, I was fascinated by the journey of seven rooms as well as the people and the leaders that are in seven rooms and those conversations kept on going for. I think the better half of the second half of 2019. Mm -hmm. um, And I jumped over towards the end of the year to um, come to New York and and have more conversations in New York. Um, At the time, uh, Seven Rooms was looking um, to make a big move in growth, um, to look into growing our international side of the business, our enterprise side of the business, as well as our um, small, medium businesses, as well as Mm mid-market. And the conversation that evolved um, with Joel was around coming on board as Seven Rooms first, CRO, so Chief Revenue Officer, uh, which is um, a very different term for Australia. It's not a common (laughs) term. Um, So the Chief Revenue Officer is pretty much responsible for the growth of the company to increase the amount of restaurants that we onboard, to really work very closely with the sales team, with the customer success team, right. with rev operations and marketing to really grow not just top of mind awareness for the brand itself, but to really bring more restaurants onto the platform to be able to articulate in a really nice fashion how we can actually help operators leverage that data um, from their restaurants.
0: Yeah. What have, you, what have you enjoyed about a role like that? Because that is a, that is a different role. When we talk about most roles within inside, you know, uh, brands like this, we talk about a CFO, obviously CEO, CFO, COO. Like, I've never heard of a, a CRO until today. So, like, how have you found that pivot into, into that kind of role?
1: Yeah, so for me, um, if I look back at, to, you know, my early days at Catch of the Day and then across to Yumtable and then into Deliveroo, Uh, my focus has always been about growing technology adoption within the restaurant industry. And so as I think about Seven Rooms and I think about the amazing technology that they have, you know, pre-COVID, and we'll talk about during COVID, how that really became, you know, front and center, um, has been super exciting for me. So it's, when I think about the Chief Revenue Officer role, whilst the name still is, you know, still strange to me, you know, nine months in, um, it's really about growth, it's really about adoption, it's understanding the segmentation within the market. Who are the restaurants who are the operators who are the hotels that we want to speak to to really help grow our business but essentially really grow their business to really understand how we can bring on their properties how each property is different to another property and um, we look at the way the tables are laid out within restaurants and now during COVID, there's a whole different feature that we're able to help with the social distancing and the requirements um, that are so important in order to have reopening so you know pre covid thinking about all this and coming into it for me it was around this is an amazing opportunity to join a company that's at an inflection point at a huge growth point, mm-hmm. started to increase their global footprint to now really pushing the global footprint a lot further um, across the world whilst deepening the roots in, in in the USA.
0: Yeah. What do you think that, what do you think the hospitality owners don't really understand their data enough Levi, because there's so many data points which are coming at them to give them, you know, this data lake of, of, amazing amazing information and insights about their brand but they they don't utilize it enough in order to get that and obviously seven rooms is doing something about that and helping them but why do you think hospitality owners don't don't understand that enough do you think it's just overwhelmed with the amount of the so think brands think, that are in their brand?
1: so i think there's a lot to to sort of unpack there and i think hospitality operators especially the ones that i know of in australia have been going at the business for decades if not yeah you know, if not recent uh, new logos coming onto the scene. And there is so much to manage when you're, you're building a business, especially uh, in the hospitality industry yeah. and knowing sort of from the, the ingredients, your cost of goods, your cost of labor, how you can actually build your business. What is your, you know, customer demographic look like? How do you get repeat customers? There's a lot of information out there. And what you find with many hospitality operators, when you start to sit down and speak with them is that over the years, they've employed, um, many different techniques, many different technology stacks into their business, and many of them have a range of point solutions. So they may have a, a, you know, a POS or POS um, that they work with to sort of really understand um, so, you know, how they do their transactions and what happens there. They may be working with a reservation um, booking channel. They may be having an online ordering or a delivery partner that's coming on board. And at the end of the day, they probably have about four or five different point solutions that are in their business helping drive revenue to their business. Mm -hmm. The issue is, is that they don't truly have the customer. They don't truly, truly know who the customer is. And even if they do, and even if they get the insights from these different companies that might be supporting them, the problem is, is they have a range of data sitting in front of them that is quite confusing. They've got customers appearing across different stacks um, so, you know, as Sean comes into the restaurant, I know you as eating in, in my dining establishment. I know sort of what you eat every day. I know that, you know, how much you usually spend and how frequently you come. But when you order online, whether it's through a different reservation that you system that you come in or whether it's through online ordering or pickup or some other way, you sort of disappear into the nether. So I don't really know, have the full picture of the lifetime value of who my customer is. And I really want to give you the best customer experience. And so what we're able to do at Seven Rooms is super exciting is we're able to bring all those different pieces of information together for the operator to, so they can look at the customer, you know, agnostic of the channel that they've come in. They can really understand and bring all those point solutions into one place because what Seven Rooms has done today has a platform that does the reservations, is able to manage online ordering, pick up and delivery, um, as well as contactless, which has become you know, more in vogue, especially um, due to COVID.
0: Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about what the brand's done. You know, in the last six months, obviously, you're you're in an area of the world which was hit the hard, hit one of the hardest, especially from a hospitality sector and a, obviously a health uh, perspective as well. Like, how has the brand had to um, change their offering or, or focus their offering since March?
1: Yeah, so it's been a, a really interesting time, and even personally for me, I moved here in January to mm-hmm. the new. York, um, you know, coming into the thick of the winter and sort of getting, you know, coming to the office, taking the train to Manhattan and sitting in the office and really getting to learn the business in a, in a big way uh, mm-hmm. was super important for me. Um, but as I started in like January, COVID in New York hit us in about mid-March. Mm-hmm. And so for about, roughly between mid-March and the 23rd of March, everything shut down suddenly everyone was told to go home. New York was the epicenter for COVID at that time, if you remember. So I had many, yeah. many of my mates in Australia reaching out and go, wow, you really chose a great time to move <laughs> to New York, especially. And we, went through, we really went through the thick of it um, early, early on, much earlier on than, than most countries. Um, and so we had to quickly um, adapt. I wouldn't say pivot, I'd say we'd accelerated a lot of the things that we had planned. So at the time coming into COVID, our business, was very much known for having, you know, very strong CRM, what we call it 7 next at that time, which is marketing automation. We were very much involved in the reservation, waitlist, table management. Um, that was really the focus area of our business. However, we had planned for later on this year to roll out online ordering, which is deliver- direct delivery and pickup, as well as contactless, so people can start you know, bring your own device to the restaurant, order the menu, accelerate sort of what happens within the restaurant, because you're able to use a digital menu that's on your phone. So all these um, different extra products we had um, set up to be launched towards the end of this year. But as COVID hit, we quickly saw the dining and hospitality space within New York and around the rest of the country shut down. But in New York, it was the epicenter. So it shut down really, really fast. And so quickly, um, many of our operators were scrambling. As you know, the hospitality industry is probably the most resilient industry that is out there. And I know that from firsthand experience of speaking with operators. But we were able to really have conversations with them and and better understand what was going on, speaking to um, the, the governor's office, speaking to councils, speaking to the city in Manhattan, trying to understand what the laws and regulations were. It was very confusing as it is right now in Melbourne. Yeah. um and so what we we're able to understand is that whilst this virus was taking off there's one thing that was if you want to call immune to the virus and that was online ordering mm-hmm. people wanted to stay in the houses restaurants were shut down weren't able to have diners in there but to get the food whether it's through pickup or through delivery was super important and there are many players out there that 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 do that but our whole mantra in the way that we work as at severance with restaurants is to provide direct relationships and that really enhances that um, ability for restaurants to be able to um, re to their customers, to be able to use smart marketing automation, to be able to really use the data that we have at Seven Rooms and bring that all together. Mm-hmm. So what we did is our online ordering, uh, as well as our contactless piece that we planned on launching in November, December of this year, we brought earlier. So we had our engineers and product teams working around the clock. It was a really big hum within our company. Whilst all the mayhem was going on around us and we were dealing with a lot of that, um, we were able to band together. And it was pretty amazing for me, again, recently joining Seven Rooms, luckily enough to have a good two months or so within the office and build the relationships that I needed to within the business, but quickly um, accelerate our plans um, with online ordering. So what we were able to do is speak to operators. There were two different sort of camps of operators. One camp had never done any type of pickup before, any type of delivery before, any type of online ordering. Mm -hmm. They were either fine dining or restaurant that only had in-house dining. So we had a conversation. We had many different conversations about how we can help digitize your menu, put it up there onto your website, have customers, and help you drive customers towards directly ordering online through you through the menus that we can help curate. So that was one type of customer, and the other customer was a customer who may have had you know mainly um, in-house dining within their restaurant, but at the same time they dabbled in delivery over the years, and they understood delivery with using third-party players here in the U.S. And so what we're able to do is say. It's super important that a restaurant, especially during COVID, can drive as much revenue as they can um, to the bottom line. They just need to do that. What we came in to say was we're not here to replace any of your partners that you currently have. What we're here to do is drive direct ordering. And the beauty by driving direct ordering is, first of all, there aren't the fees that are associated with sort of third party deliveries. And number two, more importantly, you get to own that customer. That customer comes to your channel, you're able to remarket them through marketing automation around either coming back into the restaurant if the restaurant is open, otherwise around the pickup options or the delivery options that are available and really drive something great. And what we found, and I think you're seeing that as well in Australia is that people really have empathy for the hospitality industry right now. They really wanna get behind the operators and support the operators. Mm-hmm. And by going direct and doing this as well, this is super helpful. The marketing automation piece is that 360 view of the customer that previously restaurants weren't able to see. So I think going back to the original question, many restaurants you know, embrace technology and I've seen that over the years, um, especially in Australia. But when it comes to having you know, multi, a multitude of point solutions that solve things for you, that is one way to go. But what Seven Rooms and the difference that we bring, and we really believe that we are the only company in the world that actually brings all these different channels into one place and overlays a really strong marketing automation function into that to make it light touch for the operator so that the system itself can really learn very quickly and help uh, create a greater customer experience.
0: Levi, do you think that's the that's the real win with a brand like Seven Rooms is the fact that marketing automation is there? Because, you know, i talked to a lot of... Um, uh, a couple of consultants in, in the US around delivery and around white labelling, <clears throat> excuse me. And the challenge for that and the challenge they usually face is the marketing part. So if you're, if you're on uh, third-party providers, um, obviously they're controlling the marketing spend by their brand being you know top of mind for people in their app. But then when they try and move to white label and try and do it themselves, the challenge is that the revenue isn't there because the, they need to bring their marketing through. Like, is that, is that one of the biggest benefits of using somebody in like seven rooms is the fact that you've got the EDM network that you can actually punch in and, and retarget to your customers?
1: Yeah, so the marketing automation
0: is at the core of everything
1: that we do, but it only works when you can be channel agnostic, when you can really make sure that where, where the customer comes, we're able to have that information, embellish that information with all the different things that happen around that customer. So here in, here in the States, if you're tipping, or over in Australia, we know the different menu types that you're having. We know sort of where you want to sit in the restaurant or how you like your food or if you want your food packaged differently. All this sort of different information is collated um, and and continues to enhance that customer journey. So that marketing automation piece, many different um, point solutions have marketing, Um, but the problem is is that they're, they're point solutions. And so what we're able to do at Seven Rooms, which is different from anything that I've seen before, is be able to bring in that whole 360 view of the customer because especially with COVID now, more than ever before, with rolling closures and openings happening all the time, it's, we've seen it here in the States back in the summer when you guys are heading towards summer now, but for us in the States, when the summer was, was starting to happen in June and July, restaurants were starting to open up their patios, they're starting to open up outside dining to have um, customers come in. Prior to that, they pretty much survived on pickup and delivery. And what they found, the restaurants that weren't having those direct customer relationships, as they started to open up their patios, they started to open up their outside dining or street dining that they've done in some areas in Manhattan, um, they didn't know who the customer was. The customers that came in for delivery and pickup, they didn't know how to contact them. They didn't know how to let them know, we are now open for business. Come see us, you know, come eat with us outside or in our patio or anywhere else. Um, and so this was a super, you know, large turning point for us because we could see that was happening. And so the restaurants that we're able to have those conversations with and talk about our technology stack, talk about how we can really drive you know, change for their, their business and really simplify things in many different ways. Um, there are many solutions out there, as I said, point solutions, but also the marketing is a heavy lift. So the operator has to sit there at the end of each night or end of each week and try and use a system they don't really have a good grip around, you know, try and work out that customer information if it's relevant or not. What we're able to do with our, with our information is a restaurant can easily see, even within the radius of their restaurant, so a five-kilometer radius, who's available from their existing customer base that they can talk about pickup, they can talk about delivery, they can encourage back. The other interesting insight we've seen is that with COVID, there's been a return to local. People are, are willing to less travel further. They don't wanna go, you know, 10, 15 kilometers away and try to some restaurant they've never heard of. They, there is a big return to that local to go to my favorite restaurants, my restaurants in my neighborhood, to really understand that. And with this return to local, again, the, the advantage of the data that's around that super um, charges the, the owners, the restaurants and the operators and the GMs or whoever may be within that restaurant to leverage that in a way that they haven't done before.
0: Do you think the return to local, which I welcome, I think is a fantastic part of, you know, this bad situation we're in, do you think, do you think that's a want to help the venues that are in their local area? Or do you think that's being, you know, people being scared about moving too far in communities?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's super interesting as, as you sort of look into that more. I think there's a there's a few different factors playing to that. So definitely people, as I mentioned before, there's a huge empathy within the community. I know, especially in Australia, but right here in the U.S. as well yeah. um, and every other country is sort of banding around the hospitality industry. We are, you know, an industry that's been probably the hardest hit. And so the, the average person out there wants to help. And so... Number one is they want to help their locals, the ones that they drove past every day and maybe didn't go so often, now they want to really help them because they're in their street or in their, they're in their neighborhood or their shopping strip. The other part of it is that people, and we've identified in some pieces of work that we've done with Seven Rooms, there's different personas, there's different people out there who, you know, want to dine, want to eat, but have a different way of approaching. Some people never want to leave their house for, for you know, for the foreseeable future, um, other people are willing to experiment. Other people want to use technology their own way to be able to go into a restaurant and, and, and use a, a phone to sort of order their food as opposed to using a menu that maybe 20 other people have touched. So what we're finding is that people are a little bit more hesitant about going to restaurants that they haven't been before. They're hesitant about going further um, than, they've, than they've gone before. So there is that return to local. But as things warm up and as things get better, people will go back to, you know, expanding. They'll eat around where they where they live. They'll eat around where they work. Um, so I think you will definitely see a return and it'll be different from the stages and countries and cities that you're in to see how people go back to that. But currently, when you're under COVID, um, in a pre-COVID, post-COVID world, there's definitely that return to local. So I think it's from both sides. I think it's from the supporting your local um, retailer supporting your local restaurant to mm-hmm. also doing something that feels really good where you can the little break you get from your house being under lockdown. You can walk over to your restaurant and you yeah. can pick up some food from there or you yeah. can order delivery from there. And when it does open, you'll be the first customer to come in because you recognize the people working
0: behind the counter and you feel yeah. a lot safer. It's a really good point. Can you, um, can you explain what the outdoor dining has done for the New York city in um, um, at the moment, in the summertime, because the reason I ask is I sit on a, a board here in, in in city of Melbourne with the Deputy Lord Mayor, which I'm lucky to be on with about 10 other hospitality um, people, and we're talking about the situation at the moment we're dealing with um, in September, where you know we can't go more than five kilometres, like the whole city is pretty much shut down, uh, we've got curfews in place, and, and the Premier is saying the outdoor dining is going to be part of this structure moving forward in October and November in order to regenerate the industry, especially the CBD. Um, and, they, and they've and they said they've looked to, to places like New York City and like London who have done this well. Can you explain what, you know, sort of outdoor dining has done to New York City? Because obviously you haven't been allowed to do much indoor, if anything at all, I don't think, over that time, right?
1: Yeah, so New York um, had been uh, locked down, there's different areas in New York, so in the five boroughs of New York, you haven't been able to do dining inside restaurants, but you mm. can do the dining on the streets and on the car parks, and I'll, I'll come into that in a minute. Um, but other areas within New York, you're able to go and eat within the restaurant. So I live in an area called Long Island, and for quite some time, we've been able to go into the restaurants and actually sit down, all mm. spaced out very well. You can choose indoor dining or outdoor dining, um, and so you're able to do both. And that has actually been a really great experience um, for, you know, the tough times that we're in over the last couple of months here in New York. But for most of New York, um, it has been that situation where you can't actually go into the restaurant and sit down in the restaurant. And so to your point, in Manhattan especially, as well as in Brooklyn, where I've been to some of the restaurants there too, there is definitely the outdoor dining. And so it's interesting. It definitely, it, it brings life back to the restaurants, but it's really hard because, First of all, you need to get the, the cities have been really helpful in giving the space so that you can do outdoor dining. So many restaurants have been able to leverage that, but yeah. other restaurants haven't been able to look to, to really maximize that. Yeah. If you think about a restaurant that may have been a hundred seat restaurant, um, you know, turning over a, a hundred covers every hour or two hours, even if it gets the space outside its restaurant, it's only going to be able to operate that with maybe 10, 20 or 30 seats, depending on what space is allocated. Um, yeah. And so you're finding over here, which has been super interesting is that people are being really creative um, so people are turning car parks into sort of dining areas they put you know fake grass down they put like marquees up with no walls around but just a roof for the elements um, and people are eating there and they're doing they're being so creative it's it's, it's actually um, quite amazing every single uh, restaurant operator that I've gone past doing out outside dining has approached it a different way and so mm. you' seeing a lot of come, you're seeing that people are really excited to get out there, especially because the weather's been warmer here because our summer. And as you sort of head towards summer as well, um, so I think people are going to flock to those areas, and you'll see that they're, they're going to be busy. Um, obviously, there's restric- restric- restrictions in place with face masks and being, you know, socially distanced. So I think from the, from the outside, it looks really, really good. And for the operators that are able to leverage that, it's great. But it doesn't necessarily work for everybody. As I said, so some operators just cannot operate. Their kitchen needs to run a line kitchen. They need to have X amount of um, people within the kitchen, chefs, chef hands, to be able to run their menu. So some have been able to cut down their menu. Others have been able, not able to operate. Um, and if you're in an area where there's just there's just the thoroughfare just doesn't doesn't allow you to have outdoor dining, you're not going to have it either. So I think it's definitely you know it's a silver lining and it's something to look forward to. Um, I've been listening to a lot of the the, the commentary over in Melbourne, especially recently around the outdoor dining, around what um, the city of Melbourne, you know, wants to be doing. And Mm. I've heard different, you know, pros and cons, different advocates um, for it. Um, And I think, look, it's it's definitely a movement in the right direction. And you're heading towards summer, which is really great. But here in New York, for example, we're now in fall. We're now in autumn. So it's going to start getting cold here soon. And so that outdoor dining, which has been great during the summer as we head into sort of uh, autumn and winter, that's gonna change too. So what we really need to do is get clear guidelines. And I think that most cities around the world are really speaking with their councils, speaking with their governors to try and get clear guidelines on how to reopen. But as I said before, during all this sort of reopening and closing and reopening and and as the regulations keep on changing, we need to be able to support the industry in a a big way and using technology as a vehicle to be able to do that is from from where I sit. The only way you can do that, you need to be able to get that information. You need to be able to put it in a way that can be digested by an operator, can be maximized, can leverage that three hundred and sixty view of the customer in order to maximize revenue, but also increase the profitability of every single order because we know it now it counts more than ever before.
0: Yeah, how is it? How is it a ch- Is it a challenge for a brand like yours to get the right information from governments? to make sure that you're telling, you know, the people who you support, the vendors, like the proper information again, like I've, I've talked about this with a couple of leaders the last couple of months. Um, and obviously I'm working with a tech brand here as well, Levi. And that's probably been the biggest challenge is like, how do you get the right information? Cause it does, as you just said, change so quickly. Like, how are you guys making sure that you're getting the right information so you can dispense it properly?
1: Yeah, it's it's look, it's very difficult. We we are part of industry bodies, so we get to hear the information straight from the different industry bodies, as well as working and listening to government and councils around that. But again, um, you know, even looking in Australia, you know, the, the rules in Melbourne right now are very different to the rules in Sydney, very different to yeah. the rules in Britain. Um And many many of our operators operate across you know different states. And here in the US, you have fifty different states, all having different regulations around what they do. Um, a good part of our business deals with these operators that are, whether they're enterprise or they're mid market or have multiple locations, it's really hard because you have to run your business extremely different um, from one place to the other, and it can change on the football coin. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that uh, we take whatever information that we have, as soon as we have uh, information that we feel is strong and good, we can pass that out in a really big way um, mm-hmm. to our restaurants. Uh, we're able to enable them, give them ideas about reopening Um, If we look at our tech stack and we look at even with our tables, the way that our table management goes for our restaurants, we're able to advise them how far away the table should be, what the new configuration should be within the restaurant, which is super important. Um, They want to maximize the table turns that they can do. So we talk to them about the hours to operate, how to maximize those table turns and using contactless ordering, for example, is one of the ways that you can do that. If you think about your experience regularly, when you sit in a restaurant, you sit down in a restaurant, Someone will come and greet you and take you to the table and sit you down. Um, they'll give you a menu, they'll walk away, you and, and your friends will, or guests will look at that menu, take some time, you'll then wait for the the, the um, host stand or you'll wait for the waiter to come back and take your order, then place the order. There's a, there's a lot of extra time in that process. Mm-hmm. By using contactless ordering, you walk in, you can actually place your order before you even get to the restaurant because you have the menu there and they have your reservation. When you get into the restaurant straight away, your order is being prepped. Um, there's no sort of like dilly-dallying around while you're waiting for the menu to come. And in addition to that, as your order, after your order is made and after you've had a great time, you can pay straight away and just walk out. You don't have to yeah. sort of flag the waiter who might be short-staffed at the time or might be really busy just because of the situations that we're going through. And so you can accelerate. And that acceleration... May actually make an extra table turn for that restaurant Mm, yes Uh, we are finding that restaurants are being a lot tighter on the hours that you come in so you come in you've got an hour to be in there if you're you know doing the in-house dining um but then you're out and it's just and people are respectful of that because they realize that the restaurant has to turn more tables but it's using technology to be able to leverage that and do that in a lot faster and better fashion so back to back to your question we get as much information as we can we cut it down into pieces that we think is relevant for the, the restaurants that we're talking to. And we help um, you know facilitate that information across. And we can change that within our product so that it suits the restaurant on the table mm-hmm. settings. And we can also help switch them if they have to shut down dining, quickly get turn their guests back into online ordering. So that's the marketing automation. If we know we're shutting down, we'll go back to all your customers will automate a marketing piece that will go out, let them know that we're now on, available online. This is the new menu, extended menu. Um, so it's really being smart around being adaptable. And as I said before, the industry itself is extremely resilient. We mm-hmm. just want to give the tools and the keys to the operators to empower them to own their customer, enhance that guest experience, whichever channel that may be from.
0: Yeah. Do you, ever, do you have a feeling in, in New York about, what areas of the hospitality industry are going to be hurt the hardest? Like, do you think it's going to be sort of the mid-level dining, you know, the premium fast casual, the fine dining? Is there, is there a feeling now that, you know, you've been through six months of outdoor dining and probably got some really good data about how different brands are doing because I'm hearing awful numbers about what's going to happen in America and it's about closure rates and it's very, very sad. And I'm, I'm worried that, Independent restaurants across the world, and especially in places like America and Australia, are going to be are going to be gone, and we lose community from from uh, from places that we live. Um, do you have Do you have a sort of feeling about where you think is going to be hit the hardest?
1: Yeah, so it's really it's really tough, and I think you know Melbourne's going through it tough now, and, and lots of places around the world are doing that. But it's, generally speaking, I think all areas of hospitality have been impacted in a really big way. We're seeing from the mom and pups all the way through to these massive enterprise brands and these big hotel brands as well, they've all been impacted in, in, in different ways. Um, and I think the ones that, are, for the operators that are, that are using technology to help them get through this, um, they're the ones that I think is going to help build that resilience even further to be successful. I think this has been a huge um, slap in the face of the industry in terms of the different lockdown laws and yeah. regulations that have been around that. Um, the, it, it's really, really tough. Um, you know, If you're looking at even the tracing technologies and contact tracing and system of record that you now have to have in place, if you were an operator before who ran everything off a book, like a literal paper book, really hard to do that. And you know, by default, a lot of the features that we have within Seven Rooms within our product um, actually enhances or enables contact tracing, because we're already taking the reservations, we already have a wait list on there, we already know who the customer is. We're able to deal with that and take a lot of that anxiety away. But I I do believe at the end of the day, it's the, the restaurants and hospitality vendors that are going to be successful are the ones that are going to be able to fuse their business with technology closer than ever before over this period of time. And we've seen that. We've seen, as I said before, like many uh, hotel and restaurant operators becoming extremely creative in how they sort of serve their customers today versus how they did six months ago. Mm -hmm. And many of them are leveraging that. And what we really want to be able to do is prove very quickly the return on investment an operator can get from using our our system. And by doing so, um, it is enabling them to uh, really fight the virus. And as I said, if you're not doing direct ordering, if you're not doing online ordering, pickup delivery, contactless. These are the things that are immune to the virus because these are the new technology pieces in some ways that people need to actually adopt. We're seeing from the consumer side and the end consumer side that this is a very easy adoption for them. They're used to using apps. They're used to ordering that way. They're used to using their smartphones. And we know Australia has a very, very high usage of smartphones compared to most countries around mm. the world. And so that's one of the reasons why I was super excited about the Australian launch to really launch... Um, within australia's seven rooms to the offering to the wider um, hospitality industry and um, we can come back to that but i do believe it's, it's those who will succeed be the ones that leverage technology um, and not just those point solutions but solutions that like like i was saying before with seven rooms a 360 view of the customer um, which is you'd be hard-pressed to find it with any other um, company
0: yeah absolutely so let, let's let's talk about a couple of things before you go, Levi. Uh, let's let's talk about what you just alluded to there, which is the launch in Australia of Seven Rooms, and talk about when that's going to happen and what people can expect, and maybe the any other projects that Seven Rooms is sort of fast tracking, moving forward.
1: Yeah, so I'm super excited about the Australian launch. I'm been very bullish about it over the last few months, and. As we look at Seven Rooms in general, our international footprint has been growing um, over the years. And so we have a very strong presence in the UK. Um, We're growing a growing presence in Hong Kong and Singapore. And as we look at the regions, especially as we look at the different seasons um, now with COVID as well, um, thinking about launching Australia has been front of mind for me since um, joining Seven Rooms. And we're super excited to launch. So what that means is that um, we have hired um, Paul Hadida, um, who comes from a background of restaurants. So he was um, the Kwandu the country manager for quite some time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he actually was a catch as well um, oh, so I know from those days. Mm-hmm. And um, if we look at how we're launching, so um, we're setting up our, our head office in Sydney. Um, so Paul started uh, recently. We've also hired um, two other people um, to join that team. Um, one who's going to work directly with sales and the customer success side and another person who's going to be working out there, speaking to restaurants, helping restaurants come on board Seven Rooms. And we want to invest heavily into Australia. We want to grow the team in Australia over the coming months of the coming year. We want to invest into really supporting the industry. And so we know how to do that best by leveraging data. And We want to go out to customers and talk to them about how they can actually take that data, have that 360 view of the customer, leverage that to increase frequency, to increase retention, to look at smart ways of bringing customers back into restaurants, whilst also um, relying on online delivery, whether that's pickup or delivery, um, harnessing contactless. But again, system of record is super important right now in Australia, and so we're seeing that in the restaurants that are open in other states outside of Melbourne. Um, And so that's something we can bring to the table straight away, it's proven. I think another way we're going to invest in is around partnerships. Marketing partnerships are going to be helpful. We want to bring restaurants to the front of mind for for consumers again. People have been a bit nervous about going back to restaurants. We want to show them why it can be safe, how it can be safe. We want to enable our restaurants. And I think it really comes at a time where um, if you look at what the industry needs, there's a comprehensive sort of uh, over the overhaul of like what an end-to-end platform can look like mm. and COVID if anything else has fueled this in a really big way um, and I mean even some of the stats that are out there if we think about and these stats um, are, are probably uh, if I remember the date they will publish there prior to the lockdowns that have been happening in Melbourne that 54, 54% of hospitality uh, staff in Australia have lost their jobs yeah. um, in the first few months and you know if we look at the the decline in accommodation, the decline in restaurants, it's been devastating. Um, And these are, as I said, pre the lockdown in Melbourne. So they're even worse. But if we look at um, how the lockdown has affected Melbourne, if we look at how people are dining in Sydney, Brisbane, Perth, and other places across Australia, we believe that what we have in technology stack is super exciting. And from our team in Australia, who's going to be supercharged by the team based in the US, um, we'll have everything they need to get off the ground and move very quickly.
0: Yeah fantastic i think i think this is just a great leveling point and it's if anything it's made venue operators like really think about their business and think what's really important and that's why you know i wanted to have you on the show because i knew how credible you were you are and how seven rooms is really doing some amazing things in the u.s so i'm I'm really excited for them to be here in australia now um let's talk about one final thing which uh before i let you go which is a positive thing to finish on What's, what's one thing that you were doing pre-COVID that you can't do now that you're excited to get back to, Levi?
1: Yeah, um, it's one of those things, and uh, no surprises, is eating in restaurants. And so, <laughs> while I'm lucky, living in, in Long Island, uh, which is not too far from Manhattan, um, so you go to some restaurants, like, there's some awesome restaurants um, across here in New York. And one of the big reasons of moving uh, to New York was that I had been to many of the restaurants uh, across Australia. And... And they're awesome. And I wanted to see how that was done across the pond over mm. here in New York. And so I got a good taste of that, you know, in the, in the couple of months before COVID came. But looking forward to getting out there. But even more so, I, I missed the Melbourne Cafe, right? Yes. So with my Melbourne coffee. Um, you've got a lot of different players without naming them over here that are quite like, you know, massive. But for yes. some from a Melbourne boy getting out there. So there's some great um, coffee places here in New York. And I think you know some of them. Um, yeah, Bluestone. Stone Lane, yeah. Whistone Lane, which is great, is over there. Um, Little Collins and St. Kilda Cafe um, are ones that I'm really excited to go to to get back, get a good old uh, in Melbourne latte that I haven't been able to have for probably six months. Um, uh, brewing my own coffee here and there. But uh, a big, a big excitement for me is to go back to my usual ritual of getting a great coffee in the morning. Um, so that's one thing, but otherwise, just getting out there, spending time with people, networking. Um, something that, uh, you know, New York is great for. So mm. looking forward to that. And as things are going here in the coming weeks and months, that's going to become more of a reality for us.
0: Yeah, 100%. Levi, thanks so much for um, for coming on the show and having a chat. I really appreciate it. What's um what's the best way that people can find out more about Seven Rooms?
1: Yeah, so they can go to sevenrooms.com.au um, and they can check out our website where we have a lot of um, papers, on white papers, on on the product that we do. There's a lot of information there that people can jump in and really read about what we do around venue management, but online ordering and contactless, and really see the story and some great case studies that we've been able to publish um, over the last few months about stories that, you know, from New York, from the US, um, as people have gone through COVID in that pre-COVID, post-COVID world, how one should adapt and I would say yeah. that the, the reading material there, especially if you're an operator in the hospitality industry, is definitely worth the read and the time to have a look at, um, regardless of what you plan to do with your technology stack. I think it's super important to come across and hear from how countries like the US, and especially here in New York, we've been able to deal with this um, over the last six months yes. as some countries and some cities in Australia are starting to go through the tough times now. So there's some great material there and recommended read.
0: Yeah, and I'll make sure I... Link that up in the show notes and always share before this podcast. So, Levi, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Sean.